to FisherCast, a Six Feet Under retrospective. I'm your funeral director, Robin, and I'm joined by my Six Feet Undertakers. Moira. And Des. Hello, Underoos, <laughs> we're here again. And uh, we are now assimilating a part of the Carmi, uh, who is going to stop talking crap about us on her podcast. <laughs> what do you say, Claire? Hello! <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I never talk crap about you on our podcast. I love. No, you she's guys. very kind. Mm. Yeah, I love you. You're like it's the other people that say our name. Underoos is really lame. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what underoo was until about a month ago. I just thought it was like a like a little cute like name, like a little kind of kangaroo. <laughs> no, we are what you would affectionately call pants. Knickers. Uh, Knickerbockers. <laughs> <laughs> Silly English girls. <laughs> oh. So I'm glad I'm back because I missed an episode earlier this season. So yay! <laughs> awesome. So uh, you're you're you you've seen this one at least, right? Mm. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get about five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, me right. too. <laughs> Okay. Don't worry, I finished my rewatch five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, and I finished the we commentary track. We are so prepared track. for this podcast. Oh yeah, what those commentary for this mm-hmm. one? Um, so we, let's get into the Darwin Awards, in which I honor the idiots in history that snuff themselves out before they reproduce. Um, this one's called <laughs> "Out with a Bang," and uh, yeah, you uh, remember that welding is a requirement at Lackart, so this is a story Not about... fucking calculus! Yay! <laughs> Sorry, that was my quote. <laughs> uh, and so this is a story about welding. This takes place in uh, Georgia in, in the year 2000. Uh, Robert, a mechanic at a tire store in Montezuma, was killed when a tire he and his brother were repairing exploded. The two were attempting to repair a crack in the tractor-trailer wheel rim with a welding torch. A high school chemistry student can tell you that heating air in a sealed container, such as a truck tire, causes the gas to expand and the pressure to increase. But the brothers, who had been repairing tires for years, did not heed this principle and deflate the tire before fixing the crack. The heat from the welding torch caused the air in the tire to expand until it exploded. Witnesses say that when the four-foot diameter tire exploded, the rim left the axle with such great velocity it struck Robert in the head and killed him instantly. The force of the explosion was enough to knock a pickup truck off a nearby lift, said the report. And uh, it was actually heard, the explosion was heard at a local police station one mile away. In space. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes. Keep the uh, welding torches away from the tires or concealed air. So, well, since Claire's here, we might as well do it. Let's play this audio file I have from (laughs) Connie Cost. (laughs) Connie Cost. Calling all carnies, freaks, and roustabouts. Roll up, roll up, and come and check out CarnyCast. I'm Claire, and I'm a huge fan of the critically acclaimed HBO show Carnival. Not seen it? Well, until recently, neither had these guys. I'm Matt. I'm Naomi. And I'm Tammy. Together, inspired by other intro casts, we are watching the show and reviewing it episode by episode. Whether you're already a fan of the show, or, like Matt, Mel, and Tammy, just watching it for the first time, CarnyCast is perfect for you. 
And if you are watching it for the first time, don't worry, there are no spoilers here. You can visit us at carnicast.blogspot.com or find us on iTunes and Facebook by searching for Carnicast. Let's shake some dust, children! <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we're back, and uh, yeah, that was that seems like a podcast I'd listen to. I might even guest Good on later guess. today. Maybe, maybe you will later today. You might even write in comments to that podcast. <laughs> I won't have time to watch the episode. <laughs> oh well. We have some particular feedback for this episode, which did make me laugh quite a bit. I'm not going to say which one of you three it was from, but I'm sure you can guess. Huh, not me. <laughs> and I'm guesting on the show, so so it must be Moira. <laughs> Stop plugging your show. I already did it. All right, open casking viewing. Open cask. Open casking viewing. Open casket. Casket. Open casket viewing. Okay, look, <laughs> season two, episode twelve. I'll take you. Claire seems to be finding direction in her life, and a newly serious Billy may help her along the way. The death of an elderly friend of Frederico's gets him thinking about his start in the funeral business. Ruth finally understands Nikolai's true feelings about their relationship, and tensions between Nate and Brenda come to a head when the truth comes out about Brenda's clandestine activities. David's new life with Keith seems to be coming together when Keith has a run-in on the job that may threaten everything they've worked for. Written by Jill Soloway and directed by Michael Engler. And Jill Soloway actually um, did a commentary track on this episode. And uh, I watched it at 1.30 in the morning last night. <laughs> did you stay awake for the whole thing? Uh, almost. Uh, <laughs> and it's not because uh, it was boring. It was because it was really late. But it was really surreal to be sitting at finally, after your baby finally goes to sleep, to be sitting there trying to watch a commentary track. And she opens it up with... You really don't have a life, do you? Uh, you could be doing other things right now, but you've chosen to listen to me for an hour. I feel bad for you. <laughs> so I was really encouraged by that. Uh, it was a really funny commentary. Um, maybe after you... Uh, maybe, I don't think there's any spoilers for after season two, so you might be able to watch it. There's like one little spoiler, so maybe not. I don't know. So the episode starts with a very flamboyant hairdresser making his rounds to all his patrons. Uh, what is that? The 16th birthday of... Uh, 15th. 15th birthday. Is it Quinceanera? I don't forget what... Quinceanera. Quinceanera. Yes, it's like a sweet 16 thing, but, you know, uh, they do it at the 15th birthday. It's when a, when a um, girl becomes a woman. Mm-hmm. And uh, one funny thing, one fun thing to watch uh, if you rewatch this episode is to look in the mirrors and see Letitia Perez like laughing and smiling with uh, all the happenings, and then all of a sudden the camera's on her and she's dead. <laughs> so, really? I don't know if that was on purpose. IMDb lists, lists it actually as a goof, but I kind of thought you know it was interesting to see. So it might not have been a goof. You know, she just passed away. So she passes away under a hairdryer. <laughs> so the next scene we're at Brenda's um, and Nate's reading Brenda's manuscript which uh, is describing in detail her sexual encounter with the surfer dudes and how one of them wore a yin yang cap and uh, they said late when they left which will come back into play later on uh, Brenda is not a good writer 
<laughs> I agree. She's really not. <laughs> really bad. Uh, he asks her if uh, she's ever been in a threesome, and she just turns her right back around on him. And, uh, yeah, uh, um, he has. Uh, of course he has. This is Nate we're talking about. Come on. I know, right? <laughs> so, uh Nate starts thinking that writing about affairs is her way of uh, getting back at him about Lisa. And she says it's not that simple. And Nate wonders what's going on in Brenda's computer as well as in her head. Mm. Mm-hmm. So uh, Keith is flipping out on, about Taylor's cursing. And David's talking about the whole child theory and loving her for who she is builds trust. And Keith worries that they're probably getting in over their heads. And David, David's very encouraging about it. Thinks they can do it. I think Keith they, just is slipping into his father's patterns, mm-hmm. and he doesn't yeah. know any different. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. David pulls out the the white card very quickly. I thought in that scene, like when mm-hmm. he's flipping out, and he's just like, "Oh, because I'm because I'm white, I can't understand." I was like, "What? What are you doing, David?" <laughs> <laughs> well, Jill did Jill did say on the commentary that. Um, a writer on the show who is black uh, finally, like, I guess he was like maybe re- hired around this time and mm-hmm. said, hey, uh, this whole thing with Taylor cursing is, you've been doing it all wrong because in black families they wouldn't put up with that um, for such so long time. So she inserted Keith kind of flipping out about it. Um, and it, it, uh-huh. it, it, some, it sounds like it's kind of abrupt, like his anger coming out. But um, to, to the writers, it was kind of like a long time coming. So like they're kind of making up for it. They, she also talked about how they don't know anything about Puerto Rican or Cuban traditions and Jewish traditions. And they just kind of make it up and then people come and yell at them and then they change it. <laughs> so <laughs> that's really funny. Um, so Ruth expresses to Claire her support of her going to art school. And it turns out that one time she wanted to study uh, French fem- feminism and that was another thing she said that never that didn't actually exist uh, back when Ruth wanted to study it. So Jill Jill spends most of this commentary like just kind of yelling at herself, going, "Well, I don't know what was wrong with me in that one." But <laughs> funny, the funniest part of that interaction is when uh, Claire mentions wanting to cut her hair like Felicity. Felicity <laughs> and Ruth has no idea who that is. Oh yeah, mom, she came over for dinner once. <laughs> I guess Ruth doesn't watch TV. <laughs> and not Felicity, um, at least. Yeah. Yeah. I love Ruth's gardening outfit. You <laughs> know, she looks like little farmer Ruth, doesn't she? She does. She's <laughs> cute. She's from Little House on the Prairie or something. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been her action figure outfit. <laughs> and her gardening her gardening container it even had a little like a little pad to kneel down on so you don't hurt your knees when you're gardening. It just cracked me up. <laughs> Very complete outfit. I think if Claire cut her hair the, like oh, uh, Felicity, it probably would have dropped off uh, six feet under viewership. You know, would have fell right off. So uh, I hope I'd, she I'd doesn't. Be upset she has she pretty hair. hair. I'd be. Yeah. I love her hair. Claire, I, I totally talked over you. What did you say? Oh no, I was just going to say there was a couple of bits in this episode that really reminded me of American Beauty. And so I didn't look at who directed, but I didn't know if Alan Ball was involved in this episode because Ruth's gardening and her little outfit and everything kind of matching reminded me of Annette Benning in American mm-hmm. Beauty, where they kind of make a point of it. And then later on where she's in the house and she's kind of 
furiously cleaning, like wipe, you know, wiping everything. There's that little montage really reminded me of American Beauty as well. Yeah. Nope, it was Michael Engler. Yeah, Michael Engler directed this, but um, the way Jill kind of put it is like this: the, every one of these episodes, like yeah, somebody takes credit for chiefly writing or directing, but really it gets passed around quite a bit. As a matter of fact, uh, we'll get into the conversation about uh, Nate and Brenda's meltdown later. Um, that was uh, something that was coming for two years now, and that she didn't feel confident that just her should take care of that. So she, you know, went to the director, it went to the other writers, even went through my, my Alan Ball. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she said, even, even like when you look at the credits and like the executive producer, co-executive producer, co-producer, those are all just writers and they have producer credits for some reason. She's like, we don't really produce too much. We just write. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, yeah, we also find out, uh, uh, that Billy, no, did, did we find out there? Why did I write that? No, there? we're about to go to Rico and the neighbor. Oh, there we are. Sorry. Arriving. Anybody else want to do this for me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rico looks over Mrs. Perez, who was his abuelita, a kind of adopted grandma. He did little odd jobs for her, and uh, they invited her over to the kids' birthday parties. Uh, it was a good neighbor, and uh, she. Can I say something? Sure, go ahead. Um, for once, I actually loved Rico. <laughs> the fact, the fact that, that <laughs> yeah, I mean, I that was, like, was we'll love Rico this episode. <laughs> that was really sweet that you know he would do those things for her and invite them over to the barbecues and you know their events, make her basically a part of the family. Uh, I thought that was just wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, she wants the Our Lady of Guadalupe casket. <laughs> David so like, excited about that casket. <laughs> He's like, "Yay!" <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> um, Keith is being charged with murdering someone who could have saved the world from a, an apocalypse, pretty much. Uh, but no, no, actually, it was a clean shooting. And uh, yeah, he calls David and tells him. So, uh, you guys happy? Keith, Keith got off. <laughs> I don't care about. <laughs> funny we don't really care it's like yeah well, sure it's less sure. complicated okay. it's off but whatever okay. <laughs> so henry starts claire on her tour of lack arts and uh you remember how i was talking last week like lack it just sounds weird you know um i looked it up there really is no lack arts but there is a cal arts and cal arts is a place that um Six Feet Under uses for shooting locations a lot. In fact, the, the police interrogation scene towards the end uh, it takes place in the Cal Arts classroom, actually. so mm. The most dramatically lit interrogation room I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. I know, right? It's <laughs> so, like, theatrically lit. Yes. Yeah. Um, the very best part of her tour is the very end, when, <laughs> when she finds someone else has driven a hearse to school. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wrote I in my notes, she's home, she's home. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, pretentious art student hearses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's when, from being at art college, it's just like deja vu, that scene. It's just when their exact conversations <laughs> about, oh, were you the odd one out? Yes, I was. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Billy actually went to this art school. And um, Henry isn't really impressed by Billy's work. He thinks that Gregory Crutzen is better. He did it first kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And a little bit of trivia. Gregory Crutzen 
um, is the photographer of all the uh, Six Feet Under Season 3 promo posters. And if you've seen them around the web, or, or you might see one posted uh, in a couple weeks. Wait, how would we, wait, wait, how would we have seen them? We're not peeking ahead. Good, good. Well, you know, maybe, <laughs> I've seen none of them. <laughs> well, they are, they're really interesting. They're basically the, the Fishers and, uh, uh, you know, like Brenda and Rico, they're all sitting in the Fisher kitchen and there's all these flowers growing around mm. them. So mm. um, it was a cover for the DVD, I think. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. So it was kind of like their way of, uh, <laughs> I don't know, giving him some props, I guess. Billy's good, but he's not as good as Gregory Kurtzen. Um, Ruth is trying to figure out how often her and Nikolai should hang out, and he doesn't oh. seem to care. Oh, oh, she's so micromanaging. It's just painful to watch. Yeah, if I were if I were him, I'd break up. <laughs> <laughs> it it just smacks of such um, desperation too. Mm-hmm. Oof! It was yeah, it was un- uncomfortable to watch. Um, Aaron is asking Nate about the crematorium and the process, and he says he doesn't want anyone to be there at the end for him. His relationships were never long-lasting. He was always looking for, around for something better. Never looked at someone and said, okay, I'll take you. Ding, ding, ding. Episode title. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late to connect with anyone. And then Nate commits to seeing him every day. I was excited to see Brian Darling back again. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> I was I trying to know figure him out Sixth Sense. That's what I know him from. He was in Sixth Sense. He was. Oh, really? What did yeah, he play? He was. He was like the guy. You know when Bruce Willis's wife is kind of flirting with that other guy, and he's asking her out. That, oh. that was him. Oh. He's the guy. Oh, yeah. who knew? Yeah, I was wondering like, whether Nate has a little super ball on the back of his neck that yells "Leave, leave, leave!" Whenever I, <laughs> he's with anybody. See, <laughs> that's yeah. funny because I was wondering that about Brenda. Not Nate. <laughs> I think they both do. Um, yeah, actually, that's uh, that Super Bowl, that whole thing. Uh, Jill Soloway was cursing herself during that as well. It's like, I hate that line. I wish I would. I wish I wrote something completely different. But uh, anyway, uh, so the next scene, Andrew Perez shows up. He's very distracted by his cell phone and his golf plans. Because, oh, yeah, because every surgeon's an asshole. That's basically <laughs> the gist of right. that. <laughs> of See, and this, made, this actually made me love Rico even more because this poor lady couldn't even count on her own children. Mm-hmm. So at least Rico and his family were there for her. I still hate him, but in this just, episode, I'm, I'm, I liked him amazed to hear des saying this <laughs> i i know i know which well, just goes just to show like, you know that you're open yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i mean i still don't like him on the whole but this made me soften a little bit towards him and at least for this episode i liked him yeah rico's trying to connect with andrew and tell him all about you know how much his mother meant to everybody in the community and uh, then they end up arguing about which casket she should get. And David refuses to go against Mrs. Perez's wishes. He says it's kind of like the law. And Andrew gets pissed and leaves. And then after David confesses that it had nothing to do with the law. Yeah, and I thought good for you, David. And I agree with you, Des, yeah. about Rico. I think it's nice. He's really trying to honor her wishes. And her yeah. stupid son isn't. <laughs> he obviously cared about the woman, you know. Mm-hmm. And, okay, we get our first of a few flashbacks, uh, which uh, will derive into 
uh, Rico spinoff series, Rico Diaz <laughs> Year One. Um, <laughs> and it gets no viewers. <laughs> How old was he? I think he's supposed to be late teens in yeah. that scene, don't I, you think? Yeah, that's what, what I, I was find. Thinking, but... Well, I find it odd because Nate Senior looks the same age as when he died, so they could have maybe made him look at least ten years younger. It would have been good. Well, but it was he has what... more hair, though, doesn't he? He what? what? He had more hair. Oh, maybe. What... Yeah, I guess more hair. <laughs> what year was it? Because it said when um, I think it said what year it was, like uh, on the. Oh yeah, on the, the little the little um, the stand, stand with the name. But I, I think what does it say? Ninety four or something? Ninety. Yeah, that's when it, that's when it takes place. It's funny because Jill Soloway uh, on the commentary track was like talking about like when they're when they're talking outside. He and he and Nathaniel are talking outside, and all these cars, late model cars, are going by, and she's like, "It's supposed to be the seventies. I don't understand why." And I'm like, "What?" What are you talking about? There's no way it could be the 70s. Rico is like a baby. How old is Rico? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, huh. what year does the, um, like the first season take place? 2001 or something? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's Christmas Eve, the year 2000. So it's seven years later, yeah. I guess. So. I think it said 94. I think it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So Definitely not the 70s. So. Yeah, exactly. I was like, "What is she talking about?" <laughs> uh, that 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 was when I started to doubt. Why am I listening to this? Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, Rico and his mother are making arrangements for his father's funeral with Nathaniel Senior, and um, apparently he fell off the roof and face first into a pile of pile of bricks. And uh, Jill Soloway says that her neighbor fell off a roof the same way. Um, he didn't die; he ended up paralyzed so she kind of drew from that Aye. um the next scene this is pretty funny keith is looking around for things that might make them look <laughs> too gay <laughs> <laughs> and uh one of the things he picks up um is a book called things a man should know about style and there's a kind of a funny little story about that it was uh wasn't something that uh jill actually wrote in there uh, Alan Ball stuck that in there she she actually said that she wanted like a Barbara Streisand book in there but it turned out that Alan Ball put that in there and the writer of the book Ted Allen this is a guy from Esquire he sent uh, Jill Soloway a copy of the book and several others thanking her and a year later Ted Allen is now starring in the hit TV show Queer Eye for the Straight Guy mm. and she calls oh. yeah and then she called him and told him how much of a fan she was, and they ended up having a big six feet under queer eye for the straight guy party. Oh wow! And then Carson nice. Kressley gave her son some tips, and she said it was one of the best times in her life as a result of this episode. So he was the one with the glasses, right? I think. I guess, yeah. On queer eye, yeah. Okay, I remember that one. That's that's funny. That book wasn't that gay. I mean, it's style. a style yeah. for men. A lot of men needs need a style book, you know. <laughs> but I thought it was cute when, when Keith looks at the photograph of the black and white of the, the nude from behind. Yes. And says, okay, how about this one? Okay, yeah, that's pretty gay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was so funny. As soon as I saw that, I said, "That's gotta go." <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> it reminded me of the um, of the Birdcage. Have you seen that film where they're trying to like de-gay the apartment because they've got very very conservative future in-laws coming around? Yeah, and there's like they're trying to de-gay Nathan Lane, which is you know impossible. <laughs> it's just really funny. I just like the word de-gay. <laughs> I wrote that one down too. It's a lot of made-up words in this episode. <laughs> Uh, Claire tells Gary excitedly about how great Lack Arts is, and Gary's being kind of cold and dismissive, and it turns out he lost his job, and he thinks it was time to move on anyway. Um, it's so true to form, in a way, or true to life, the way Claire's um, understandably wrapped up in her own excitement, and she completely misses his body language, you know? She doesn't, she, oh, is it your birthday or something? Like, it takes her a while to clue in that there's anything amiss. And his whole face, he's normally so animated and warm with her, and he's... I think he's not just cold. I think it's more he's just sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just classic teenager, right? <laughs> she right. doesn't know what's going on around her. <laughs> Claire hopes they'll find each other at graduation. <laughs> but he gets a phone call and she wanders out. And do you think there was a subtext there where he's looking at her still kind of wanting more? I got a sense of that. Mm-hmm. Well, she talks about how that. there was a, a bit of a subtext in uh, their hanging with friends game. Um Oh, sorry. Yeah. Words of friends. Who is playing words with friends? <laughs> All right. Moira, Why, Claire. I think it was uh, my iPad from across the room. <laughs> oh. I can't get up and get to it. Let's hope no one else plays a move. Just call me Alec Baldwin, okay? <laughs> You're gonna have to get off this plane if you don't. I'm stop. getting off this. I'm getting off this podcast. <laughs> And I'm going to have to book a new podcast, podcast later. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, Joe, Joe Soloway said there was a bit of a subtext to uh, the way what he was saying on the phone was like, you know, I, 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 I'm afraid I'll get lost. I don't know where to find, how to find, or how will I find it or whatever. So you, you get a sense that Gary's almost saying like, you know, we're, we don't know where Gary's going to go from here. But yeah. Um, Maggie recites her vows to Brenda and apparently they're holding a commitment ceremony and uh, Des and Moira go, damn it, it's not a wedding. <laughs> well, you know no, what? No, at least it's not a wedding, right? Because yeah. I didn't want it to be a wedding, so I'm glad. I, I was close. Wedding, recommitment ceremony, you know. Hey. Uh, yeah. So apparently Maggie and Bernard are going to be uh, soul twins. Oh God! You know, I can't help but roll my eyes at this one. Okay, on the one hand, I'm trying to say, well, you know, whatever. Maybe it's true that they're meant for each other and who else would have them and all that stuff that I think is uttered <laughs> later. But mostly I just roll my eyes and think, how how real is any of what she says? <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to take. <laughs> Maggie says she's discovered spirituality. And, Good uh, for her. Yeah. <laughs> And she wonders if her and her Brenda and Nate have the magnet. And then she sees uh, Brenda kind of hesitating. She tells her to get out now if you don't have that feeling. And Okay, which is the one useful thing she says <laughs> in the whole line. That's the only useful thing. <laughs> and Brenda turns around. She's like, oh, God, it's all about you. God, the ego. Mm. Um, so- oh, that's always Brenda's line when she gets defensive. Yeah. She always attacks the other guy, so. So I look forward to hearing uh, Brad's reaction to the Diaz's inheriting $149,000. Well, I guess they can pay for that house now. Oh. <laughs> no. 
So you can stop begging for money at work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we go to a quick... I made a note, so... Oh, sorry, I made a note that Rico was all pissy earlier with David about David's pyjamas. <laughs> and he was like, what, is this like, we wear our pyjamas to work now? Ooh. <laughs> I was like, oh, Rico. And there was something about the scene when they find out they're getting the money that just bugged me. Like, I... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they were really nice to this woman and all that stuff, but part of me just thinks they don't even deserve it because they didn't realize how much they meant to her. Do you know what I'm trying to say? They do come off a bit well, greedy in that scene, I think. Yeah. Oh, if I'd known that, I'd have baked her or whatever. I don't know the, I don't know what the Spanish dish was. Uh, that was but... another thing that, uh, yeah, the well, car- the um, uh, Freddie Rodriguez and Justina Machado had to take Jill Soloway aside and teach her about Puerto Rican things that they they would bake <laughs> for uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, because she said she put like hot tamales in there and they were just like no no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I confess I would not know what the yeah, what the be. appropriate Puerto Rican dish would be either. I'm far too white apparently. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what she said. She's like, I write white things and then they change it. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Uh, the next scene, Claire is taking self photos. Self, I love this scene. Mm. I was trying to figure out what the music is. Does anybody know? It's oh, playing in the I did know, and I didn't write it down, but I did recognize it. Um, it has. It repeats. I'm not afraid to fall. I'm not afraid to fall. I'm not afraid at all. But I was yeah. trying to. I was trying to Google it and find it, and I couldn't find Don't it. Google I'll anything. Look it up now for you. Just ask I can Google a song. I don't, I don't mind spoilers. I can look it up. No, I know exactly where. To I didn't find even it, so. notice music. Oh, I love that. It was so perfect. I just thought she was so, um, you know, coming into her own and getting confident. And I, I just love that scene, Claire. Yeah, there is a bit of a confidence in the different pictures that she takes. I'll take you. That's what it's called. I'll take it? you. And I'll take you. 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 One way or another. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, right, I've got it. Um, hang on. <laughs> I'm really giggly tonight, guys. <laughs> oh, it's um, almost there. Claire, it's called The Soundtrack of Our Lives by Sister Surround. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> Worth it. Okay, so next is uh, Ruth and Nikolai are waiting in line for the movies. And Ruth is doing all sorts of different plans for the future. And Nikolai gets distracted by a Russian father joking with his family. Um, he has a little laugh and then they go up to the ticket counter. And uh, it turns out that they both want to see different movies. He doesn't want to see any girly movie with Sandra Bullock. And he wants to see Blade 2. And It seems like it's been a while since we've ha- heard Nikolai laugh. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm ready for them to break up, yeah. So to me, um, I don't know. Let, let me just get your impressions of uh, what happened in that scene. Uh, go right ahead, I'll, and then I'll give you mine. Nothing? I th- thought, I mean, well, I thought it was like a little microcosm of exactly what's wrong with their relationship, which is that they don't really communicate, that Ruth has her own agenda and isn't really hearing or noticing what Nikolai wants. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I... I see uh, the the thing with Nikolai looking over at that Russian family. I really think that he might be still trying to get over the fact that he lost his wife and son. 
and that he's not ready to commit to this with Ruth. Ruth is a bit uh, uh, overbearing, but I don't think it would be as big of a deal to him if he wasn't still grieving. So or he needs somebody f- from his own culture more, maybe. Maybe, yeah. That's you it. know, you could, you could interpret it that way, too. Mm-hmm. It's just... Yeah, it's it, you can it's such foreshadowing. You just know that nothing good is coming of this. Um, mm. Another quick commentary note: Jill Soloway's parents actually did the same thing when they were getting ready to, to divorce. Jill was not did not understand why his, her parents were going to two different movies. It didn't make any sense to her. Like, why did they have a they wouldn't have a shared experience? And it turns out that they both wanted to get out of the house, but they didn't want to spend any time together. So. Mm. That's sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, we go to the recommit recommitment ceremony or whatever you want to call it. Um, and- oh my god, I was rolling my eyes so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Nate and Brenda are watching, like, pretty much like and Billy and Billy, 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 yay, Billy. Billy looks very happy for them. <laughs> so we go to uh, the social services guy stopping by to see David and Keith. <laughs> and he's kind of looking through their things while asking them questions. And he picks up that uh, things men should know about style book. And they're very nervous. And then as we see as he's walking out, he is obviously gay too. <laughs> and when he leaves, they, they all have a big crack up moment. I, I, I love that, I that little too. interchange about restoration hardware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and little Taylor. Okay, that guy is totally gay. <laughs> oh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it's nice to see them all laughing together, isn't it? I just, I love that mm-hmm. part. Um. We see uh, Jill Soloway's favorite shot of the episode, which is Ruth walking out of her movie and then into Nikolai's. And uh, she breaks up with him and he's okay with it. (laughs) And so then she goes back to her own movie and cries. I called Mm. it the walk of sorrow in the movie theater. I was expecting her to just leave. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of going back into the movie, I would have Although left. it's not clear how they arrived, probably in one vehicle. That could be awkward, couldn't it? Yeah. 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 Home Maybe after. that's why she went to her back to That's her what movie. I'm thinking. Very practical, Ruth is. Mm. <sighs> I wouldn't go back in the theater and continue to watch the rest of Murder by Numbers, though. Because that is an <laughs> awful film. I would have stayed and watched Blade 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so Brenda thinks the ceremony was... Vomitrocious. <laughs> See another another made up word in this episode. Word of the day. <laughs> Billy thinks it was sweet, and he really he doesn't want to hear any verse cynicism about their parents. He just he just wants to celebrate them. And uh, then we go out to uh, Bernard, and he's telling Nate that he shares real honesty and forgiveness with Maggie. And if life offers you a new beginning, take it. And he says, "What a fool a man will make of himself for new pussy." <laughs> And says he thanks God she forgave him. So genuine. I kind of I don't know I kind of felt like maybe he, uh, you know, was a little bit like you know. Like yeah, because he didn't he'd been, actually feel bad. Yeah, he'd been drinking a bit then. I think it might have loosened mm-hmm. him up enough to say more what he feels. So instead of having all of his psychiatry bravado, <laughs> you yeah. saw a bit of the insecurity behind that, where he's actually just grateful he got. He got back to someone who can understand him. I thought it might have been genuine. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, me too. What do you guys think of uh, how Billy's acting? I don't like it. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> it's no fun. He's so healthy and sane and calm. And the contrast with Brenda. Brenda's so bitter that it, it helps to be a good foil to her, to show her, um, you know, in, in that light where you realize just how extreme she is. But it's odd having calm Billy around. <laughs> He's a completely different yeah. person, it seems, right? The therapy yeah. has really yeah. done some wonders on him. Therapy and drugs. Yes, yeah. And then we get to my favorite shot of the episode, which is Nate and Brenda looking kind of dour in an elevator, just Mm. standing there waiting for it to move. Nobody's actually hit the button. And uh, yeah, and uh, then he does, and they kind of snuggle and they go on. on. See, that's interesting. That's sort of a metaphor for their relationship. I hadn't thought of that before. Mm -hmm. Waiting for something to happen and no one's pushed the button. Hmm. Yeah, Jill Soloway mm-hmm. kind of like points out Brenda's saying what well, you haven't pushed a button yet and um, mm-hmm. it's like why is why is it that he had to push the button you know mm-hmm. why is she waiting for it mm-hmm. so um, in the next scene Claire is um, thanking Billy for his letter of recommendation and he's going to get his friend to write one and she's going to probably try to blackmail Fiona <laughs> Kleinschmidt to write her one <laughs> there's another made up word the de-virginized yes. that was another one <laughs> I love it. Uh, and he starts. I like that whole scene. Yeah. I like it. I'm sorry, keep going. But I love that scene. He starts looking at her self portraits and starts looking at her weirdly. And he expresses that pretty much he wants her, but he doesn't want. He wants. He wants to know her as long as possible without destroying it. So he doesn't want to act on anything. And uh, so he's still a little creepy, Billy. Hmm. Yeah, he's so creepy. <laughs> but you know, I think if I were seventeen and somebody had told me something like that and how beautiful I was, I would probably live off the happy remnants of that thought for weeks. Yeah. That would have been amazing. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. I think many of us agree with Billy that she has no idea how beautiful she is. Mm-hmm. Um, he asks for one of her pictures and uh, we go to the next scene which is actually another flashback Rico year one um, Rico <laughs> is amazed how good his father looks considering how he looked the last time he saw him and he's... he looks at Nathaniel like Nathaniel's a wizard yes <laughs> yeah or Jesus and then, <laughs> and, I, and then I saw okay this is now he, how he gets into doing the restoration for uh, yeah I wrote that down to us and he gets his calling just like a priest you know <laughs> it's... yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it makes sense now um, Andrew uh, accuses Rico of taking advantage of his mother and Rico says he's just as surprised as he is um, then Keith and his partner show up to a domestic abuse call. The women, woman whispers for them not to leave. And they come in, but the husband gets in Keith's face and shoves him. And then Keith proceeds to beat the hell out of him. Good job, Keith. <sighs> Keith has a bit Asshole. of an anger management issue, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Uh, He's not very good at the old stunt punching either. Oh, really? I didn't notice <laughs> Or I don't know if it was him or the guy, you know, acting the guy who was being punched, but it was completely out of time. <laughs> oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, it was I should go back mad. and look. <laughs> uh, Andrew and Rico start to bond a little bit over uh, at the Abuelita's casket, and uh, Rico shows him pictures of his kids, one of which is actually Fred Rodriguez's real kid. Mm-hmm. Um 
We go to the next scene, and Claire stops outside Gary Diamond's office. And Gary looks like he's crying. And uh, she leaves a framed photo of herself. And okay. we say goodbye <laughs> to David Nerona. Thank you for being on Six Feet Under. Will we ever find Wait. out what was in her note? Hmm, I don't think so. I, hmm. like, I think, was there an actual... I yeah, thought it was there was... Just, it- there was a picture, and then there was a little envelope with Gary written on the outside. Oh, uh, I thought it was just like a sticky note. Yeah. Oh, Gary. I thought it was an actual note. Mm. Mm. My bad. Gary Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Goodbye. <laughs> well, at least we can stop worrying about him being lecherous and inappropriate. So, yeah. talk yeah. that off my list. You should, Robin, you should use the song that I was going to use for last week's Carney cast, but didn't. Why would I do that? Do you know what? I don't know if we mentioned it in the episode, though. <laughs> Do you want me to message you it? Uh, sure. Okay. But I don't know. I don't want anything to do with that Carney cast. <laughs> what? But we didn't use it. <laughs> it's your it's your, your cast-offs, Claire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a song that Mel thought of, and I really wanted to use it, but there was ones that fit better. Yeah. So we don't need your hand me downs. Yeah. <laughs> no, I appreciate the idea. <laughs> um, yes, and uh, let me just the the creepy stuff that we were talking about with Gary and Claire. Um, Jill did confirm that it was a possible thing they were throwing around, but they never quite. They just wanted to kind of. It'd be better if they just kind of hinted at it rather than... See, see, we're good. We mm-hmm. pick up on these little subtexts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rico, year one. Rico skateboards in. <laughs> and, oh, my uh, God. Talks in the I thing. think, you know what? Not very proficiently. I think they had to give him skateboard lessons so he could master that. <laughs> he didn't look all <laughs> that comfortable. comfortable. On it. No. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> There's so. no way... No what? way. It's the best song ever. No. Claire is proposing, <laughs> Dear Under is that I put a SpongeBob SquarePants song at the end of this episode. And FisherCast is much too serious for anything called, like that. What's it called? It's called Where's Gary? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he lives in a pineapple uh, under the sea. <laughs> We're not going there. <laughs> no. No, Claire. Oh, we have higher standards than Carney Cast. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. You're a bunch We're of rousties. Dirty rousties. <laughs> so, Go dig a pit eight by four feet. <laughs> Claire, pick Listeners, a number. you won't know what that means unless you watch Carnival. <laughs> Go dig a pit while we all stand and urinate in it. <laughs> There's a good a good advertisement for your show. <laughs> yeah. You want to re-record your promo? Uh, <laughs> all right. So yeah, Rico's talking to the great Nathaniel uh, uh, about his father, and he they kind of relate about how sudden death can be, and no matter what you plan, it just kind of sneaks up on you. And uh, Rico then offers his help and his undying allegiance to Nathaniel. <laughs> Much like See, I have Chewbacca. to admit, I did, I did actually... <laughs> Darth Vader. I did like the, this little Rico backstory. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I want more of it, but I kind of liked it. Well, you know, and I, and I and I saw. Oh, oh, look, Rico's the one coming around begging for a job. Nathaniel probably just hires him to do him a favor. So, who owes who, Rico? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. 
<laughs> he always talking. thinks he's so entitled, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure Nathaniel just gave him a job because he, you know, felt sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, you get that sense. That, yeah. yeah, I guess so. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure Rico communicated how much this affected him and how much this uh, inspired him, rather. Maybe not affected and does, him. But... Yeah, and he does turn out to be talented at restoration, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to restoration hardware. Um, so... You know, it's that's mutually beneficial. All right, here we go. <laughs> so, mm. one little bit of trivia is that uh, this beginning seat part of the scene, which is on the porch of Brenda's Venice apartment, is uh, filmed on location when you're looking directly at the house, and then mm. or, or looking off the porch. It's on location. And then it's on set when you're looking at the house. Mm. So they they kind of film both film that scene a couple times. Mm-hmm. And there's some shots as well where you like earlier in the season where you're in like in in there and you're looking outside and you can really see it's a translay, you know, like um, a painted background. Yeah, like it's a very obvious. It's like when I when I did feedback before about use, using blue screen inside in some scenes, mm-hmm. like some the the effects um, like that haven't aged that well. I think in some episodes. Oh gosh, those car scenes are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so Brenda's smoking a joint with Nate, and then Kyle oh. rolls up. <laughs> he chit chats with them a bit, but as he leaves, he says late. And Nate notices the yin yang cap. Yay! We get the close up <laughs> of uh, close up of Nate's insanity, the in, Nate's insane close up shot, and then he storms into the house and demands that she read her novel aloud and tell him what isn't fiction. And they get into it big time. Finally, um, we, I have the blow by blow here, okay? But um, and we can comment on it individually. But um, the Jill writes. Jill said that uh, the fight actually has been coming for two years now, and so it's like a big deal for her, you know? She got lines from uh, both Peter Krause and Rachel Griffiths for this. She went over it with all many of the writers, and then she finally went to Alan Ball, and they acted it out um, and added stuff as well. And she said that the most important thing about this fight is pretty much everything that Brenda and Nate say is true. It's not mm-hmm. like... It's just something that's... I don't know. It's been building up and building up. So, uh, let's see. Round one. Who the fuck do you think you are? Who the fuck am I? Who the fuck are you? Let <laughs> <laughs> me um, see. Round two. We have. She reminds him about how promiscuous promiscuous she was when they met, and that yeah, hello. You know, she banged mm-hmm. him in an airport. Closet. Red flag. Red flag. <laughs> and then she gives him hell for the two women that he had sex with, which he reminds her that he wasn't when they were engaged and she throws back that he had sex once when they were engaged without a condom. So, uh, wait, it wasn't before, it was before they were engaged. Why did I write that Robin late night notes? Sorry. Round three, Nate is enraged and asking if they did it in their bed and wonders why she didn't just break up with him. Um, and she breaks down and she, she says she doesn't know why she did it. She wishes she did. And then Nate asks if he had if she had sex with her brother, which she doesn't yeah, the, answer. Yeah. 
the question we've all been wanting to know the answer to. <laughs> I would, oh my God, I couldn't believe he asked that. That was just crazy. Uh, Brenda asked if he had sex with Rabbi Ari. And, uh, well, since we know that they're not getting married right now, and uh, Rabbi Ari is probably not a good topic, I would like to say right now, which I couldn't say last episode, bye-bye Molly Parker. It was nice to see you. Mm. That was her only guest appearances on the, on Six Feet Under. So uh. I didn't want to say it last time because I didn't want you, oh, they're not getting married then? Um <laughs> So the next part, uh, Brenda establishes timeline that he did it with Lisa way before any of her wildness started. And uh, he protested. He was scared. We just had a seizure. And she throws back that both his cheating and his seizures were only found out because he was forced to tell her. Um, Nate says that he felt safe with Lisa and never felt that with Brenda. Brenda throws back that he felt safe because he was able to leave the next day and he's going to do the same thing to his baby, uh, which really pisses Nate off. And he tells her that life doesn't have to be miserable just because she is. And he's sick of her using her child as an excuse to be a C word, which Jill Solomon. Fucking cut from hell. Thank you. (laughs) I love that part. (laughs) I can't say that. Peter Krauss actually wrote that line. Jill Soloway says (laughs) that's when she remembers Mm -hmm. Peter Krauss writing. Um, Brenda's taken aback by this and asks how long he's hated her, and he says that she does a good job hating herself. She says that he loved how damaged she was because he could play the big hero, the great saint with the great haircut. <laughs> <laughs> she says that he'd run from real love if he ever got it. Real love has neediness and ugliness and responsibility, and he'd run and he knows it. And the only reason he stayed was because she was never really there. And then, even though it's a cliche... He tosses his ring at her. Thoughts? <laughs> well, she's obviously referring to Billy when she talks about what real love is. Mm. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I got a little distracted at the end of the episode, so I didn't quite pay as much attention as I should have to that part. Yeah. Funnily enough, does when she was talking about don't throw the ring at me or I'll vomit, you know, I was looking at her pink, her pink sweater and staring at her breasts because you keep complaining about her strange pointy breasts. <laughs> so I was really looking at them and going, no, they look normal to me. I don't see I don't it. Sometimes, sometimes they look normal. They look normal there. It depends on what she's wearing, I think. They're very well, I'm glad, strange. Uh, okay, I'm glad to hear you say that you agree they look normal there. I was starting to wonder. <laughs> no, no, no. That That's where they There was a part in the episode, but I can't remember what scene. It was towards the beginning where I'm going, there's those crazy boobs again. But <laughs> at the, you know, the rest of the episode, it wasn't like that. And, uh, yeah, uh, Jill Soloway definitely was saying... That's a very important line. The whole only reason he stayed was because she was never really there. Really kind of sums up their relationship at that point. So any final words on uh, the fate of Brenda and Nate? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing? Okay. Well, I, you know, I mean, even after that fight, I wasn't sure if they were done for good or, you know, going to get back together. But I guess you just spoiled me. No, I didn't. I just said well, they're, they're not, not going to get married by Ra- they're not getting married by Rabbi Ari. Okay, <laughs> so they may get married. Well, and then not- he mentioned that Brenda shows up in season three promos. So, well, she I is a part we're... of the cast. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's spoiling there, Robin. <laughs> She's a main character. Uh, does she have to be really? 
I'd rather have her than Keith any day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. She's more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know, Claire. What do you think? Did I spoil? Mm, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> okay. She doesn't want to get herself in trouble. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say how long. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. Jeez Louise. <laughs> We're just well, harassing you, Robin. Here we are. Okay. We're just, just, you know, having our way with you, Robin. Just enjoy it. Wow. <laughs> 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 uh, so <laughs> Ruth is cleaning the hell out of her house <laughs> Is she ever <laughs> <laughs> She's pissed Well we now know what Ruth does with her stress She's not a stress eater, she's a stress cleaner mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean look at that place Of course she is <laughs> it's Kind of how it's place. always clean yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, And then Lisa calls Does she not have Nate's cell phone number? Come on <laughs> Apparently oh, not. that irked, that irked me so much. I mean, you know, I don't like how Lisa. I, Lisa should have told Nate only, and Nate should have told his family. It wasn't her place mm. to do that. Mm. It, it irked me the way she did that. I've also got a question. How Lisa says to Ruth, "I was really sorry to hear about Nathaniel, or something along those lines." Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. were in my thoughts, you know, like when, he, or I'm sorry to hear that he died. You were in my thoughts at that time. I was like, how did she know? Because it sounded like at the time. So I was like, did Nate phone her up and tell her? I'm sure he did. I'm sure he said, hey, I'm not going to be When it happened. Yeah, because he didn't go back to Seattle. He probably would have contacted her. He was, you know, living there, right? So, yeah, one would presume. Oh, that's fine. Um, May I also add, I hate Lisa. (laughs) (laughs) The name uh, Lisa Kimmel is actually taken from a friend of Jill Soloway's who gets asked about it a lot. Um, Also, let's see. Well, yeah. Lisa tells her, uh, I'm in L.A. and you're a grandmother. Baby came two weeks early. It's a girl and her name is Maya. Someone do a paternity test. Um, and now, uh, and Jill says in the commentary, Ruth had nothing and now she has a grandchild. So, um, I was happy for Ruth actually. I was. She needs someone to take care of. She does. She does. She certainly needs, has a caregiver gene, doesn't she? Mm. She should be a foster parent. Mm. Mm. Uh, Maya is the biggest dog I've ever seen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The baby, the baby that was playing Maya was enormous. <laughs> yeah, definitely not a newborn, especially one no. that was a few weeks early. No way. Yeah, well, we, yeah. well, I can skip that scene really quick. Uh, basically, uh, we, we, when we first see the baby on Lisa's shoulder, that's a doll. And then we see the baby kind of turning, and that's one baby. And then when we get the close-up of a baby, we get another baby. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, because like, when you first see Lisa, the baby's tiny. Yeah. And then when Ruth's holding the baby, it's gigantic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, she apologizes and says that, uh, you know, newborns can't don't, just don't get pulled in and out of the sets all the time, you know. No. Uh, so yeah, the montage, we have a montage, we have a montage! What we need is a montage! (laughs) (laughs) Nate, uh, visits Aaron, who is sleeping, and then David calls him, and Kroner is going bankrupt! Woohoo! Woohoo! But that might mean no more Mitty! Sniff, sniff. 
Keith calls David and he says he'll be home late and we see that he's being questioned in a classroom at CalArts with a whitewashed desk. Um, and then we get to Ruth, <laughs> yeah, arriving at Lisa's. She sets her purse down. She sits in his rocking chair and holds her granddaughter. And I choke up. <laughs> really? Seriously? Come on. Oh, with his brand new baby at home? I'm sure he does. Oh, <laughs> so God. Oh, oh so barf. beautiful. Far. <laughs> mm. I was just like, oh, Lisa's on screen. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hold it against the baby. Yeah, I was. I was. Baby happy didn't do anything Ruth. to you. <laughs> that baby like is baby, but Lisa's pottering around in front of the baby. <laughs> that baby is going to ruin the series. Damn it! <laughs> oh, Just no. like Taylor's doing. They the brought stupid a baby children. In. Stupid children always ruin TV oh, shows. I forgot to say a note earlier. David plaiting Taylor's hair was adorable. Uh, yes, it was. <laughs> 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 All right. He may not be black, but he's learning about black hair. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so cute. He's going to be the best black mom ever. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, uh, well, we have we have we have our last rights later. But any, anything you want me to get into before want to talk about before we get into Fisher of the Week? Okay. Well, let's first take a break from and hear from our uh, friends at What's On with Steph and Des. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Not enough time to follow your favorite shows? Too busy to figure out what's worth watching? Well, let these ladies do the watching for you. My name is Steph. And my name is Des. If it's on, they watch it. Saturday Night Live. Being Human. Lost Girl. Dexter. Eureka, The Walking Dead, Grey's Anatomy, Parks and Rec, Survivor, Modern Family, Merlin, Friday Night Live. They'll parse the good. But, but I loved it. it was, I enjoyed it. It was great. I was like, whoa, you know? <clears throat> I was not expecting that at all. So I, I, I like that. The bad. I just was not interested in any of this. So long and not good. And it was like, oh, come on. And the downright awful. I groaned. I was like, oh, I can't stand her face. That was terrible. That was absolutely terrible. So tune in weekly to What's On with Steph and Des for all your television needs. Available on iTunes or directly at what's on with Steph and Des.blogspot.com. All right, we're back. And uh, <laughs> that's, that's a great show. Wow, oh, my God. Awesome. So good. <laughs> I yeah. saw that there was a new episode up on iTunes. I'm going to download it in just a moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to hear about TV, good TV, bad TV, check out what's on with Steph and Dez. Um, Steph's nice, but Dez is a real pff, handful. Bitch. Uh, <laughs> real, no, she's a she's a fucking cunt from hell. Oh. <laughs> it makes worse. <laughs> 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 uh, um, yeah, well, before we get into Fisher Week, I just want to put a call out. Listen, if you got a podcast, you want us to promote it, we'd love to have your promos on the show. Um, I've been cycling through about uh, the same six or seven promos uh, for the last few months, and I'd like to just not cycle them out, but, you know, throw some more into the mix, you know? So if you got a podcast, I'd really love to support you. And, of course, if you could do us the favor of playing our promo, I could exchange it with you. And, yeah. 
give us a ring uh, fishercast1 at gmail.com I guess that would be an email not a ring Give, a, be, give yeah. us a ring. We'll throw it at you. Yeah, and then we'll vomit. <laughs> It'll be such a yes. cliche. <laughs> 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 Fisher of the Week is the segment where we award the Fisher family member who is our favorite this week, and we talk about why. I'm sorry it's not Diaz of the Week or Chenoweth of the Week. It is Fisher <laughs> of the Week. Let's start with our guest, Claire. <gasps> Nathaniel. Is it Nathaniel? Yeah, because he like he sorted out Rico's dad and he put Rico on his path in life and he was just really sweet and kind to Rico and his mum and he was just very quietly dignified way of going about his job and he's mm-hmm. awesome and he's like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he is really awesome. But it was the way Rico looked at him. He just looked like he should be emanating lights and going, <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> so Nathaniel. Great. Uh, let's go to Moira. Well, I went for the other Nathaniel, the junior version, um, mostly because of the confrontation scene, yeah. uh, because he does speak the truth, because um, he finally calls Brenda on all of her stuff. And I've been waiting for that to happen. It really all weeks. comes out. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, okay, Des. I, you know what? I'm having a hard time picking a fish for the week this week. So I'm going to pick David just because he's trying to be the best black mom he could be. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing a fine job of it. Excellent. (laughs) And I'm going to pick Nate as well. Uh, I would love to pick Nate Sr. Sr.? No, I'm not going to this episode. What? Listen, I don't want to be so predictable. Uh, (laughs) and uh, I might have been encouraged if more than one person picked me here I'm just saying okay uh, but (laughs) I'll tie with Moira and um, yeah definitely for the huge confrontation for finally figuring out how much of a hoe bag his uh, fiance is (laughs) Uh, even though you know I still feel some sympathy for her um but yeah, yeah. Uh, even though his life has gone from bad to worse, he's also still there for Aaron. You know, he, I after that kind of a meltdown, you know, I probably would have gone to the bar or <laughs> gone driving on my motorcycle without a helmet. Uh, but uh, that's, that's a really good point, because when he, he did go to see Aaron after, I was thinking that mentally. I forgot to mention. I thought, wow, that's pretty big of him to uh, mm-hmm. to keep his word. He did. He kept his word. He kept that commitment that he made. So, mm-hmm. uh, give it up for Nate Jr. Uh, <laughs> Woohoo! Woo! Woo! <laughs> so, we have a bit of feedback here. Uh, let's see. We have uh, <laughs> a couple of random emails from Steph. Um, I'll read those. <laughs> she just, I don't know. I, it, it's like it's like the Missy she who writes her stream of consciousness while she's watching and then emails it all in Steph just sends random emails while she's watching which we still appreciate she writes Brenda is the only one that didn't think Bernard and uh, Margaret's ceremony was heartfelt she's so emotionally unavailable she couldn't feel it or maybe she just knows them well Mm. Mm. she writes also Rico and what's her face get an inheritance (laughs) from the dead lady in the neighborhood seriously how contrived and 
And uh, she writes, Billy is finally open with Claire and not making her feel bad about herself. Thank goodness. I'm glad to see him be able to help her. And seeing Rico's dad's funeral is nice with Nate Sr. Kind of Rico's origin story, if you will. Yeah, I went mm-hmm. there as well. <laughs> I, yeah. I will not. So uh, you, anybody mad that uh, Rico and Vanessa got an inheritance? And all of a sudden they're saved? I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm just not convinced they deserved it. Mm-hmm. We also <laughs> got uh, we also got Croner going bankrupt too. You guys think uh, anything? You think that was just kind of like popped in there or whatever is random, or are you buying that t- at all? It, yeah, it the two seemed, events are linked. It, <laughs> it seemed a bit random, but I'm assuming more will come later. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who wants to read? Harriet, hard-hearted harbinger of haggis. (laughs) All right. Harriet says, dear Robin, Moira, Des, and Claire, because she knew you were here, Claire. I felt really sad after watching this episode. The Ruth and the Nate and Brenda and the Keith stuff combined was really, really depressing to me. Some thoughts. I like the Rico storyline this episode. So there. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Ruth. I love her character. The movie theater scene was heartbreaking and humorous at the same time. Loved it! Exclamation mark. When the guy from last week came up to Nate and Brenda, I instinctively paused the DVD because I knew what was coming, and I had to calm myself down before I could start it again. I hate confrontations, and this one was pretty tough to watch. My personal opinion? I think Brenda is way more in love than, with Nate than he is with her. So I don't I want them to get that. back... Yeah, so I don't want them to get back together after this. Must resist reading spoilers. <laughs> hmm. But in all seriousness, it's really sad to see a relationship end that end that way. It surprised me that the David Keith Taylor stuff moved me the way it was supposed to this week. Somewhere in there, they tricked me into rooting for that little family. Oh dear, Des will be so disappointed in me. <laughs> the no. end. Yeah, the Real. end. Harriet. <laughs> no, Harriet. Yeah, Harriet I'm with you on this, this week. Yeah. Sorry? So yeah. I said, yeah, I'm with her this week. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, cute. Just bump Harriet, just bump. <laughs> yeah, they suckered us all. <laughs> all right. So who can read Brad's email with the most emotion? <laughs> I, I can read it, but not with the most emotion. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Make sure to read the subject line, too, because it's really funny. <laughs> Okay. Subject line is, I'll take you, parentheses, down, Rico. If it's the last thing I do, I will see you destroyed, parentheses. (laughs) Actually, those brackets, but, you know. Um, Okay. Who the hell just goes about reading off other people's laptops? This needs to stop. Nate is hedging on levels of outrage disturbed for... Sorry, reserved for no. Damn you, Rico! You aren't supposed to pass a go and collect one hundred forty-nine thousand dollars. Maybe he will take the money and invest in Fisher and Sons, becoming a partner, and then lose it all when Croner takes over. Mm-hmm. Also, spelled Fisher wrong, Brad. Aww. There's no C. Anyways, I am a hundred percent with Nikolai, as I was forced to see Murder by Numbers in the theater, and it was absolutely horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely stick with Blade Two if that puts the final a nail in the coffin of a horribly claustrophobic relationship is only a bonus. Wow, I find all of the Chinois annoying for all, all new reasons. <laughs> Brenda looks like a fraggle when she cries, and by this I mean to say more fraggly than usual. This disturbs me. She does look Down. a bit like Moki. 
Down goes Corona, and my glorious hopes for Rico's comeuppance are all dashed. Aww. Aww. <laughs> I do hope you keep listening and watching and listening, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> all right, uh, let's get into our last rites, the final thoughts on the episode and the ratings. So, Des, we went to you last last time. Let's go to you first this time. What's your rating and what's your final thoughts? Okay, let's see. Uh, add points for Brenda's secrets all coming out. Subtract points for Keith. Add points for Billy. Uh, add points for Rico being nice. Subtract points from Lisa's little bastard child. Add points for <laughs> Croner's downfall coming, hopefully. Um, add points for Claire's excitement over going to college. And add points for Bl- Brian Darling. Uh, so I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10... Um, Hippy dippy new age recommitment ceremonies. <laughs> Moira. Okie dokie. Um, as you know, I have no point system, <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to sum up. I actually, when I was trying to pick fish of the week, I was a bit torn about Claire too, because I liked what happened with her in this episode and her, um, her clearly starting to find her way on her artistic path. So I really enjoyed that. Um, as I said, I loved the confrontation with Brenda and Nate. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. I like David and his black mom <laughs> routine, but I am I'm getting tired of Keith, so um, I am, I'm torn about that. I like Taylor. I hate to see her life disrupted again, but Keith needs some help, or he's just got to go. Um, and I liked the Rico backstory and and Nate Senior's role in it. I liked all of that. So much more positivity than in the last couple of episodes for me. So I am going to give it. Eight and a half de-virginized older brothers out of ten. <laughs> uh, Claire? Um, points for Nate uh, Senior and Rico's backstory because I really liked it. It was really cute. I would take points off for Keith because I don't like him in this episode. Um, I would definitely take points off for Lisa. Um, I'd give points for everything else because uh, particularly that last scene between Nate and Brenda because it was awesome. So I will give it eight out of ten Jesus balls. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my uh, backup uh, rating systems. Nice. <laughs> um, and finally, I will say uh, Jill Soloway really finds great places to go with each character in this episode, I think. Um, she not only gives us all the fight we've been waiting for, um, she even took time to make me care a little bit more about Keith and David, and especially Rico. So with that, I give it 8 out of 10 vomitrocious ceremonies. <laughs> all right. See, I feel like they're wrapping up all these storylines that I hate because it's the end of the season, so that's why I'm feeling so much better about this episode. I think they're afraid to lose you. I think yeah. they are, and they should be. <laughs> and I agree, because I think that's what has me in a, on a happier note as well, Desiree. Mm-hmm. I think that's what yeah. it is. Yay! <laughs> hmm. Phew! Feeling better about season three already. Awesome. I know, me too. Awesome. <laughs> Unless there's more Lisa Baby stuff, then I might not be so happy with it. <laughs> Depending how they work it in, we'll see. If it if it makes yeah. Ruth grow and, and soften and um, be less shrill. That would make me happy too. Yeah, me too. So we'll see. Action sign grabs Claire and gags her. Action sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. I'm not saying anything. Not saying She's anything been either. good. She hasn't spoiled a thing. I know. 
Be nice to the guests, Robin, if you want more of them to come on. <laughs> You're on my podcast later. I'm going to get my revenge on you. <laughs> uh, yeah, sticks and stones break my bones, but ball and gags excite me. Um, so... Oh, my. <laughs> Bring out the gim. <laughs> Bring out the gim. Gim, sleep him. Wake him up, then. <laughs> All right, let's bury this billabong. Uh, so, vis- oh, wait, that's Des's line. Never mind. <laughs> Okay. Um, visit us at fishercast.blogspot.com. Do not put a C in Fisher. Um, you can uh, leave us a voicemail at 15412embalm. Uh, visit us on the Facebooks. Yay. Yep. Or you can email us at fishercast1 at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts about upcoming episodes. And please, no spoilers. And uh, Claire, thank you very much for being with us. And uh, why don't we say, let's not talk about where we can find you on the web. um, Because the war (laughs) rages on and I don't want to hear about your meaningless podcast that (laughs) serves no purpose. I'm going to add, I'm going to add that when we were just not recording I was complimenting you guys <laughs> I'm very upset now notice Claire I didn't say anything mean about you <laughs> no, I'm just putting that out there that's because us Kingston ladies have manners Moira that, that is right <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna re- remain enraged until Matt and Mel finally break down and start watching Six Feet Under I know they did too I neck them as well no I'm just kidding go ahead and tell us where you, where we can find you you can find me on Twitter under Mayafire, M-A-I-A-F-I-R-E. She doesn't and tweet. on Carnicast. Huh? I was saying you don't tweet, but go ahead. Oh, no, I don't. But I did the other <laughs> night. I had a little rant. <laughs> I had a rant about stuff that was happening in my house, and I got three followers out of it, so that was cool. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's quite random. Um, and you can find me on Carnicast, which is like Fishercast, except it's about Carnival, another awesome HBO show. Mm. And we have the best guests because we have all of the Fisher cast people. And we still have our own website, so whatever. <laughs> HBO, right. HBO remembers six feet. Well, but you're being really mean to me today. I'm not I'm trying like... to... <laughs> He's being we, testy. We were promoted on Twitter by Daniel Nuff the other day. Well, so <laughs> Richard wow. Jenkins isn't on Twitter, so there. What does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. Just so you know, I pull pigtails to show affection. So, That's sorry, awesome. Taylor. I, lo- I love you too, Robin. Aww. <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> Merry oh, Christmas, God. everyone. Oh, Merry Christmas. Merry everyone. Oh, we're not there yet. <laughs> We've already passed Christmas. What are you talking about? Okay, so, yeah. Uh, Des, where can we find you? <laughs> Okay, uh, this week I'm going to tell you about uh, uh, what's on with Fatal Attraction that we already featured. <laughs> no, because I just ta- I talked about that one. I'm talking about all of them, you know, so that each week a different one. So this week, um, Fatal Attraction, a Lost Girl podcast. Uh, we talk about the Canadian show Lost Girl, and it's me and Michaela. You can find us at uh, fatalattraction.blogspot.com, and, and when you spell fatal. Spell it F A E T A L. And really, this she's is... a spelling Nazi today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to spell it that way, but then you won't find us. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, I did read the announcement that uh, Lost Girl is coming to Sci-Fi. So if you haven't been watching yeah. Lost Girl, this would be a reason to start 
uh, watching and then listen to the podcast. When's it's a great show. If but if you're listen if you listen to Lost Girl, we're talking about season two, and uh, you will get spoiled if you haven't seen season one. All right, so uh, yeah, you can find Moira secretly meeting up with Nikolai to watch Blade Two, and uh, <laughs> you can uh, find her on the Twitter at Moira Brown with an E. She does tweet. Um, and you can find me on, uh, Redemption Cast and Angel Intro Cast, uh, that's at redemptioncast.blogspot.com and on the Twitter at L Robin And that's it for FisherCast this week. Next week, your homework is The Last Time. And we should have our special guest, Gabby, here as well. Um, she is, um, the finale grabber of FisherCast. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I was picking on her about that too. See, pigtail puller, terrible person. <laughs> as a, as for, I'll take you, I'll take you. We therefore commit this episode to the ground, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. Shows that you're blind and when you